Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Beat School Podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Whether you tune in on audio, whether you tune in on video, thank you so much for being here. If it is your first time listening and you don't know what we do here, we are the podcast that is all about helping you level up as a music producer, as a rapper, as a mixing engineer. Pretty much what I do is uh, I take questions that you guys send me, submit to me either on social or through email. Also, uh, find questions sourced from Reddit, other hip-hop forums, where people talk and people often talk and ask questions about hip-hop things, and I answer them here on this podcast for you. My name is Kia Orion. I'm the man who is obsessed with making dope music and, of course, teaching you how to make your own. I've been making music for over 10 plus years, and now I run BeatSchoolOnline.com. It's a beat boot camp, as well as a bunch of freebies that you can access, Ableton, tips, tools, tactics, drum kit sample packs at TheProducerVault.com. Without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. I've got about 30 minutes before I've got to talk to my mom because I'm just that much of a gangster that I call my parents on the weekend. So let's get it. Uh, this first question is submitted by Rich Dude 123 Rich Dude, share a little bit of that cash with your boy. We out here hustling, dog. Says, what's your favorite BPM for a beat? Rappers, what's your personal preference for BPM to rap over? Producers, what do you usually make your beats at? Most of my beats are between 120 and 150 BPM for reference. This is an interesting question because I think we do all have BPMs that we fall into. Actually, recently I was thinking about this because the, the song What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow, What's Poppin', brand new whip just hopped in, um, is was made by Jetson Made It, that, that dope producer. It's Jetson Made Another One is his tag, and he... We, in the song, Jack is like, Jetson, give me that tempo. And it's cool because that that's really a dope signature in a way. Or even Drake has a line where it's like, I just caught my tempo like I'm DJ Mustard. And if you can have a certain style, I don't think it's bad to go and, ex, and experiment with different BPMs or to possibly then even niche down on just one kind of a, a range of it. I think as a producer, you're rewarded by being niche. Like if you have a product that's very specific to you, it's like you go to like you go to a mustard, you go to DJ mustard because you want a mustard beat, right? You go to hit boy because you get a hit boy beat rather than being a jack of all trades. Unfortunately, um, for myself, at least I know I just like to experiment more like if you think about what a Kia Orion beat is, like you might have an idea, but it's probably going to be like a little bit of Drake mixed with Aesop Ferg, like mixed with Frank Ocean. Like it's just going to be all over the place because I just get inspired by where I am, what what I'm doing, what's going on in my life. So I, I think it's actually worked against me a little bit. So if you like to have a typical style, if you have a BPM you like to work with, stick to it. Um, if your beats are between 120 and 150, I say rock with it. I think because I'm a little bit of an old school hip hop head, mine tend to be like more 160, 180 because it's more like 80, 90, but I like to double them, have a little bit of modern trap drums in there. You feel me? But um, to each their own. If you have a favorite BPM, doesn't mean you got to switch it up, but just think about maybe why, think about one step deeper, why you like that BPM um, and what maybe at some point it could be worth it, what it would look like to push your comfort zone say, fuck it, I'm going to make a different BPM just for the hell of it, and push yourself. All right, jumping on, moving on, moving on, moving on to the next one, recommended microphone, Remarkable Reaction 9 says, recommended microphone, I'm a newbie, and I was wondering if I could get any recommendations on a good microphone. Um, if you're a newbie, I think, uh, so I have a Rode NT USB right now, I'm just rocking off a USB microphone as I'm making these tracks, as I travel around with it. 
and it gets the job done for me, but it is by no means a nice mic. AKG, I forget what it is, but Google AKG microphones. And I remember when I, maybe it's 2015, 2016, I got my tax return and actually invested in a nice mic. It was probably a couple hundred bucks, but man, that thing went with a good engineer too. That mic sounds dope. If I were you, um, if you're a beginner, I don't have specific mics for you because every mic is going to sound different with your voice. Like people's voices, the timbre of your voice is going to, and the type of microphone you want is going to determine the mic that you end up purchasing. But obviously you have Rode, AKG on here, Shure on here. These are all great choices. Um, if you could, if there's a chance, I would try to experiment with these. If you have buddies that have them, um, if you go maybe go to the music store, I mean, that sounds ancient at this point. We're in coronavirus times. The recording of this, you're probably not going to go to a music store. But just look around. Like you say your budget's between 100 to 300 there's some really dope mics in there. You don't need something. Don't go out there. Your first mic get like a, what's it like a Neumann or whatever those are. Like don't spend a G or like five, $600 on a mic straight out the jump. Like get a beginner mic, learn your voice, learn your vocals. Use like, you got to figure out what kind of a timber you want. If you want a condenser mic, if you want more of like an old school tube mic, like there's just so many options and it depends on what you want works with your voice, but do some research get a good starter mic, something between 100, 300 bucks will definitely get you off the ground. I like, I just personally like AKG. They've always been durable and I like the way they look and I like the way that they sound. They're just like, they're, they're some of my favorite mics, but you've got some good suggestions here. My suggestion is my biggest one is though experiment because it depends on what you want. Okay. AKG. Um, yeah, I could talk about that a lot, but we're not going to uh, this one's by Quanaruto2000. Any good hip hop documentaries on writing lyrics or on rappers? Anything like that? Um, one of my favorite documentaries that came out recently about rappers was the joint on um, the Wu Tang Clan. They had a really cool documentary that dropped recently. It was actually more like a series, like a few part series on the Wu Tang Clan that I thought was it's really interesting, just kind of being able to peek behind the scenes a little bit. Um, and seeing what they what what kind of their style is what what they do and for me the documentaries that it, they aren't like taking me like Netflix documentaries but they're more documentaries of like vlogs they're like behind the scenes to me because I find those super helpful to see what inspires artists so Machine Gun Kelly has had a ton of those they were called Kelly Vision back in the day I'm not sure what he calls them now um g Easy has had some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Logic has had some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. If I were you, Joey Badass, like, I would go, like, real-life documentaries. Like, not something like this shot by, like, a big budget, but, like, what these rappers put out. And you get to see a lot of these, like, behind-the-scenes action that goes on in the studio with these artists in their lives that leads to their inspiration. You get to see their workflow, and it really humanizes them. That's been one of the biggest pieces for me is watching interviews, watching these documentaries behind the scenes with artists because you realize that it makes it so attainable. You realize that they aren't some crazy, it's not magic that they are where they are. It's often like hard work. It's often too that they struggle just as much as you are, like they're still human. And there's an element there that to me is so inspiring, realizing that there really is nothing between me and them other than some good strategic moves and a shitload of work that they've put into it. And so it's like, if I can if I can figure out the right moves, it's like, this is not a talent game. This is just strictly a work hustle game. And so it's really inspiring to see, like, they're still human. They have a hard time, just like anyone else. Money doesn't solve your problems. Um, highly recommend checking out some of those behind-the-scenes documentaries. g Easy has a really dope series out right now. He's continuing to put out. This has been really cool. You kind of see behind-the-scenes logic. 
Go check out some rappers, some real behind-the-scenes stuff, not just documentaries, and it will inspire you a lot. I guarantee it. All right. What is the purpose of a reference track? This is by Maddie Moose. What do you typically send as a reference track, and what do you expect when you receive a reference track? Should I be adding vocals, effects, or anything else to the beat so they know what I'm going for? Um, what am I supposed to do on the beat? Reference tracks, I think, are often used. Um, these are good if you – so it depends. There's a couple different type of reference tracks here. One is – if you're going to be sending your uh, vocals to an engineer, a reference track can be nice to ha kind of have something that like, you might throw a rough mix on and be like, hey, this is kind of the idea that I have for the track. Another thing you could do is a reference track um, is sometimes like, you'll hear these in like, uh, like major label artists, like, I sent a reference track. That might be like, someone might send a reference track to Drake, and so it's like they'll have these different melodic loops or uh, melodic runs and kind of they'll they'll do their own thing on the beat to be like hey Drake like this is how I could imagine someone using the beat and then Drake doesn't have to start from scratch he can kind of take that and run with those ideas I actually think I think it might have been a reference track that was the running through the six with my woes with that dude I forget his name but um they got Drake in so much trouble but I, I'm don't quote me on that but like oftentimes rappers I think will receive uh, these beats with vocals on them to give them ideas. And another term of reference track, another way you could use a reference track is if you're yourself doing your mixing, um, find a track that you love, that you want your track to sound like, and use that as a reference track. Constantly A and B that between your track and the professional track as you mix to make sure kind of make sure that your sounds are lining up, make sure that your vocals, like you can get lost in the sauce when it comes to mixing. And so I, I like having a quote unquote reference track, which is just a track that I constantly pause my track and listen to, to make sure that I don't go too far off in a left field and lose track of the vision while I'm in the process. Yes, sir. Moving it right along. This one is Lens2000. Auto-tune plugin question. Anybody know of any auto-tune plugins that could replicate the Kevin Abstract-esque Brockhampton auto-tune sound on San Marcos? I've never really gone to change on my vocals. I'd like to experiment with it a bit more. So, uh, Lens V2000. I did. I checked out the track. I recommend auto-tune EFX. Um, pardon. So, uh, auto-tune has a bunch of different auto-tunes, like auto-tune artists, like the ultimate auto-tune, like simple one-knob auto-tune. Auto-tune EFX, I found, even though I don't use the EFX, they're there if you need them. Um... But it just has the most flexibility for the price tag. I think it does the best for what you, I think it's the best bang for your buck when it comes to um, the auto-tune plugins. At the same time, um, if you want to really like get interesting sounding effects with auto-tune, I think that often what you have to do is experiment. Like they they have them for, for you to, to try before you buy. And you can, it's like anything else, to really know how auto-tune works, you just got to try it. Like, you got to test it. With this, I think his, his, his retune speed is turned up super high. Like, turn up the retune speed, mess around with, like, how hard the 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 effect is um, working on the vocals. You can change that to be, like, smooth, legato, or, like, really hard. And, like, all of those small changes make a difference. Um, but I think it really comes down to experimenting. And auto-tune EFX is the one that I use. That's the one I recommend. There's also Melodyne. There's Wavestune. But... Those just don't do it for me as much because they're a little bit more surgical, and I love how easy auto-tune is. So that would be my recommendation. Auto-tune, EFX, check it out, and good luck. Um, oddly specific but important question. This is by L. Dre's Beats. I uh, finished the mix and was happy with the result, 
but okay, you wrote a lot. You said after listening to it a couple times back and it was something ruined my work. There's a, a one note that's particularly horribly off in comparison. Um, it's not attached to any other notes. Uh, ba 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 ba. Um, I used an oboe string instrument for one of my core. Yeah, dude, I think this is gonna come down to EQ. Um, as strange as it is, like sometimes when you use those sounds during the mix, it might sound different after everything is mastered, squashed, compressed, and then you like send it out. You might be like, oh wow, there's like a really strange sound in there. Another thing I might say is you might be being a perfectionist. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, like in some Drake tracks, when they drop the beat out, you can still hear like the, the beat in his headphones. Like there's headphone bleed into the microphone. And so like not everybody's perfect. And so if it's like really annoying, I would try to cut it out. But I think often we let our perfection get the best of us. So listen, I'm not there. I'm not listening to your oboe string instrument. I don't really know how crazy it is, but think about that. Maybe you're overthinking it. I'm just throwing it out there. Not saying you are, but you probably are. Okay. On uh, the next uh, audio engineering. Hey, this one's by BJJ MMA one two three four five. Hey, I appreciate you, bro. I just bought a gi this week. I bought a gi. I'm getting back into BJJ. Hey, I'm 19 years old, looking into getting into audio engineering business. What I really want to do is work in a studio and mix rap vocals as a career. Has anyone taken this path? What do I need to do? Um, I think that the best way to do so there's a couple ways to do this. It depends if you want to work in like a studio with other people or if you want to like engineer vocals on your own. I'd say you go, it's gonna sound you're gonna get this advice, but like go intern. First of all, I recommend going into interning because you get to see I recommend interning if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be an audio engineer, you know, if you want to be whatever it is, like you gotta go taste it because what it seems like is so different than what it actually is, whether that's a lawyer, whether that's an audio engineer. So go taste it, man. Like go get a vibe for what it's actually like to be an audio engineer. It's a hard job. It's, it's an amazing job, but it's tough. And so if you can and you go and you're like, okay, this is cool. Maybe shadow somebody for a day or two, see if you can get a job as an intern. They're going to be making you do bullshit stuff at first, but that's kind of the, the price tag that comes with it. But hopefully then you can get your foot into some of those sessions and then like kind of see what it's really like, get a vibe for it. You might be there. Maybe I think that's the story for like a ton of engineers. The guy who was Meek Mill's engineer, I think was like engineer B. And then one day audio engineer A didn't show up. And so they're like, yo B like jump in there. Do you want to do the session? He's like, hell yeah. But you might also end up realize that you're spending eight hours a day just like running for coffee. And so it's just like, it always depends on like the approach you want to take at the same time. You could spend that time really diving into audio engineering on your own and doing projects for free for people. And then eventually building your profile online and using sound better to get free for like freelance clients or working with rappers that you think are really like everybody needs an audio engineer. Um, and even the store I was listening to a boogies engineer talk about like how we met him in the grocery store. And I was like, dude, I dig your sound. Like, can I work on some of your stuff with you? I think um, that's how they just got it popping. So audio engineer, dude, if you get nice audio engineering, that is like the superpower for music because they're good engineers are hard to come by and they're often um, like super booked or expensive. So if it's something you like to do, you can get it, get good at it a couple different ways. It just depends on the route you want to take. So keep that in mind. All right, a few more, and then we're going to get you out of here. 
This one is transitioning from writing to recording. This one's by Mooney the Yank. Yo, I've been browsing this for a few months. I've been browsing these questions for a few months. I've, I've written in quite a bit. I've written quite a bit of material. I'm interested in seeing some of my work actually produced and recorded in a decent manner. Blah, 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 blah. You record it in your bedroom. Your first attempt is on a computer and trying to record it. What process do you guys go at home to ensure the best quality studio for your music? I'm just super eager to try and figure this out because I love music. Okay, uh, Mooney the Yank. What I recommend is get a decent mic, 100 to $200 mic, starter mic, get some sort of a pop filter or a chaotic eyeball or one of those like like shield joints that like dead the sound quality a little bit. It's like a SE, don't know how to think it was like SE something something shield, whatever. But then I got a chaotic eyeball and dug it. Yo, just get a super simple setup, get a mic of some sort, and just record a ton of vocals. If you have a closet, jump in that joint. If you have a sock or a pop filter, put that over the mic. Like, if you can, deaden the noise, deaden the echo in your room as much as possible, which obviously I'm doing a terrible job. Shout out to my kitchen one time. Um, but there's only so much you can do in a bedroom studio. The real key is, though, just recording vocals and not overthinking it. Um, if you watch that Travis Scott documentary, like it's Mom, I Can Fly or whatever it's called, you see him recording his album and he's just like in a dude's living room and just like goes over and like puts a sheet over his head and just like records on a mic. Drake's Hotline Bling, I think, was like notoriously recorded in a hotel room. Like a lot of those artists record joints in the hotel room. So rarely do they have perfect, like they have perfect situations, but you've got to record. Logic records a lot of time like backstage or on the tour bus. So it's not like these guys are always in professional studios, but lay down the vocals as best as you can and then really dive into your mixing chops. I'd say um, the best, the way that I, again, this, this is going to sound like my, I'm just harping on the same thing here, but the best advice I can say is don't overthink it. Like do it a lot, mix a lot of vocals, record a lot of vocals, and you learn that way. There's no real one key or secret to the thing. It's about like experimenting with your own voice, with different equipment. Um, you're, you're never going to be in an ideal situation unless you're in the studio and you happen to be have the inspiration there. But especially when you're starting out, I recommend not having a studio. I recommend just like getting this best of a bedroom studio as you can and then really learning the skill so that way you can save the money and become self-sufficient. Shout out Russ. Okay. This one is Ch Chikara guy. What's your weakness? What is your weakness? Personally, I make great chord progressions, but I'm absolute shit with EQing and mixing. What about you? What is your greatest weakness. This is so interesting. Um, this is a really interesting question. I think that my weakness, something that I could work on is my music theory. I mean, I don't know shit about music theory. And so like coming up with really cool, like jazzy chord progressions and stuff has always been really hard for me. Um, it takes me a long time, but then I realized I really love making drums. And so like, I, I think that for me, the key, something like splice has been super important and output by arcade or arcade by output swap that because you don't have to make melodies yourself and so that way i can find some sort of a sample royalty free sample and then i just pretty much ninja it i chop it warp it screw it reverse it um that sounds like that missy elliott song and so that's what i do i'm just a ninja with audio but i can't make i don't i don't make super crazy melodies and so I just use what I have, use the tools I have, and then make really banging drums. And I think that that's the beautiful part about this is like you don't have to be good at everything. Figure out what your weaknesses are, 
work on them if you need to, if you really want to, or find a way to double down on your strengths. Facts. All right. What free plugins do you all swear upon? This is Elliot Hendricks. I probably answer this every episode, but uh, Camel Crusher, Amazing Distortion, and um, uh, Vinyl by Isotope are both bonkers. I've talked about them so many times, I'm not going to go into it, but I use Camel Crusher on probably everything. Also, RC Retro Color, not free, but still a stand of it. Use it on every track. How many beats do you guys have on YouTube? Chaotix, EDM. Bro, too many. Too many for how few subscribers I have. We'll just put it like that. All right, last one because I want to get out of here. What are your guys' favorite minimalist beats of all time? Uh, this one's by Frankie Ugly. Frankie Luigi, sorry. Uh, mine, has this, mine would be Say You Will by Kanye or the beat on Grease Mode by Skepta. What about you guys? I've got so many because I love minimal, minimal beats. Um, one that actually is mentioned in this thread that I do love is Numbers on the Boards by Pusha T. That's a classic, and that beat is crazy. Also super minimal, but just dope. A lot of Drake beats are actually super minimal. Um, I love Pound Cake by Drake and Jay. And it's just, I love that beat because it's so simple. It's not even hi-hats. It's just vocal sample with hella reverb, a kick, and a snare, and that's it. That's it. That's all you need. If the beat is hot, the beat is hot. Keeping it pushing. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, remember you can get all of these free downloads, anything that you could want to help you level up quickly at theproducervault.com. My name is Kia Orion. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of B-School. Coming to you live and direct next week. As always, check you in a minute. Thanks for being here. Peace. <laughs>